Hi, and welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline. I run the Ballard Designs blog, How to Decorate. And I'm Taryn. I'm on the product design team at Ballard. And I'm Karen, and I head up branding at Ballard. And we are your hosts. Hi. going to do some trials and triumphs ladies yes. can, I, I, can i please start yes y'all yeah. <laughs> oh gosh i you think i know what actually eyes, so now i think i know what this is about my eyes because... there's a new are you talking about the new accessory on your front porch Yes, I oh, you went by her house that's how you know i don't well, know well yes because caroline dropped off a book for me to study for a podcast course because we always like to cram before podcast and research our guests so she saw my new accessory which happens to be a wheelchair <laughs> ramp why why do you ask why would i have a wheelchair ramp well because Karen, you got older really <laughs> i went from 51 to 91 and you know okay. what i've been i've been um preserving myself with alcohol for many years but it finally <laughs> we wore know. out we know uh-huh so, um, as you you may or may not know, I have a son who is 26 who lives in New York, New York City. He's a big <laughs> New York City boy. Any hoozles. So he's an adult. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, on his own. Um, so he, I get a text from him uh, last Saturday at I don't know nine ten o'clock at night. Mom, don't worry. But I'm in the hospital. I fell off a rock and uh, broke both my feet. Okay. Yeah. That's the text I get. So, uh, so you go back to bed. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, whatever, delete, put this on do not disturb. I don't have time for this. He has his own insurance. So, long story short, he did indeed, he was in Central Park with his cute adorable girlfriend that i am in love with that's just an aside her name's robin (laughs) i can't live without her now that i've met her but anyway um he and robin were in the park and he was climbing on some of the big rocks in the park which he says he's climbed on many times anyway (laughs) slipped fell 15 feet um cracked both of his heels and one wrist his left wrist and was in Mount Sinai Hospital for four nights, Saturday through Thursday, Thursday, however many nights it is, maybe five, I don't know, a lot of Whoa. nights. Then, because uh-huh, y'all, he lives in a fourth floor walk up in New York City. So he came home, the mama. So they let, he left the hospital, they put him in a car and took him to the airport. And his sweet, adorable, amazing girlfriend, Went, packed up all of his stuff, including his cat, <laughs> and what? put him on an airplane and brought him home. Did she and come with him? She came. Thank goodness she came with him because basically she's taking care of him. She's so nice, y'all. I don't know what I would do without her. <laughs> You're like, Zach, you can go home after this. Robin oh, stays. <laughs> everyone is like, oh, God, we really like your girlfriend more than you. Um, so, yeah. So he's here for, I don't know, six to eight weeks. Wow. Uh Uh-huh. Karen, you know what I think is hilarious is just this time last year, we were talking about you downsizing. I know. And you were like, I need to build a new house because my house is too big. We're going to move, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. Now you have... I have COVID, so I need 20 places to go just to get away mm-hmm. from my family or for us to get, you know, Here. pretend now we're on vacation. five adults living in your house. Five adults and a cat and a cat. Mm-hmm. Um, and all, y'all, I have to say, though, the cat's adorable. The cat, <laughs> the, so I'm, I'm the allergic. Cat and the girlfriend. Just I'm not keeping the, the cat kid. and the girlfriend. I'm allergic to cats. My other son's allergic to cats. We're both like popping the Zyrtec every 20 minutes, but the cat's adorable sweet nice cute cat like it's a dog it's like a dog cat i don't know how it happened but (laughs) holden is its name like the dumbest name in the world but anyway (laughs) but i have to say i was sitting with my family out in the yard over the weekend and 
this is sort of like sentimental and sappy, but I said to them, I'm like, we'll never have this again ever for the rest of our lives. We'll never have all of us together under this roof again. Jacob, you're leaving for college in, you know, three weeks. Zach, you're going to go back to New York and hopefully marry this beautiful girl, Robin. I won't say her (laughs) last name, but I would if it helped him to get married. Um, (laughs) And it will never have it. So I'm really trying to embrace it. And it's, I mean, it's really a lovely experience, but I feel bad for this poor kid. (laughs) It's chair and he's ruining all my rugs this is how dumb I am about about what was going on so I find that they're coming and I'm like okay okay I need I need different drapery in the guest room I don't like the (laughs) rug that's in the bathroom I gotta get a new rug in the bathroom you can't put a rug if there's a wheelchair you know so I have this real cute rug that arrived that is rolled up in the corner but I did have to do a lot of redecorating but anyway (laughs) to fit the wheelchair yes but anyway that's my I don't know, trial triumph. It's all together one because it's so, it's cute to have him here and I love having him here, but I feel bad that the poor kid basically yeah. is in two boots, can't put any pressure on his yeah. feet, is in a wheelchair and has one hand. In a sling? Like, is it? No, it's in a cast. Okay. Oh, God. Yeah, it's in a cast. <laughs> How Aww. far does the cast go up his legs? Oh, the legs are just boots. So he has a boot on each leg because he broke his heels. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know if they would cast up his like whole no, just that. that, just the boots, and then the 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 arm one just goes up to his elbow. I'm feeling really nervous because y'all both have ca- have had yeah. casts in your it's life, and I cast. feel like I'm next. Mm, do you so. feel like you're the third? I Lord, I hope I not. Hope not. Mm-hmm. I hope. Well, all right, somebody top that story. Okay, no, go. we can't. No, you shouldn't have gone first. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a lot of updates, though, on small things that I've mentioned on the podcast and never followed up on. So I feel like yeah, I just need it. to rattle all of them off. Did you pay your then... front door? Oh, yeah. I did that months ago. Did you get your sconce installed? Yes. Sconce is up. Looks okay. great. Will has already patched the hole. I just have to paint it black. Um, I got my Jonah chairs, which I talked about, that I got at the outlet, but they were purple. I got them reupholstered. They look amazing. I love them. I also, my parents came to visit um, and they brought me my lampshades, which I accidentally shipped to their house. So I have my lampshades <laughs> I remember now. that. You've got a lot of good things. So I've had a lot of updates. Um, and let's see. Um, here's my <laughs> Here's my really dumb, but very annoying trial all right my ice maker will not quit making ice what i know this thing down you it's it well i mean it's not working it it just won't literally will not quit making ice to the point where we'll randomly pull the drawer out and the whole like all of the ice will just tumble out all over the floor i'm talking like cups and cups of ice all over the floor this happens well, we essentially have to dump out all of our ice every other day because it won't quit making ice. <laughs> Do you, you get water out of your fridge too? Yes, just turn off the... the water until you get yeah, it fixed. You're gonna have yeah. to. If if you're y'all are handy to enough to get in town. there and turn off the, 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 apparently your sensor's broken, right? Yeah, yeah. But I can understand the annoyance of not having enough ice. I never thought that having too much ice would be a thing, but. Yeah. Anytime you open the drawer of our fridge, just ice goes all over the floor. It's Here's the lesson. Here's the ridiculous. lesson. You are not drinking enough cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> having an earlier cocktail hour, if you start at 4.59, yeah. mm-hmm. then okay. Okay, you'd be boss able to Karen. work through these cups and cups of ice. <laughs> I think maybe 4.45 would be even better, like as you end yeah. that final meeting, like going in with the drink. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing I've been doing, which is non-alcohol related, is... Um, at the Sleeping. beginning of the well, yes, well, sometimes that's alcohol related. I mean, Taryn, don't be so judgy. Um, <laughs> no, so I, at the be- I'm not a great water drinker. Um, Joe Mooney is, you know, he hydrates 24 seven. He's always drinking water, and I it just doesn't occur to me unless it's in front of me. If it's in front of me, I'll drink it. So what I've been trying to do um, now that we are all working from home, um, most of us at least, uh, I. Bring, I fill a pitcher in the morning and sometimes I put like cucumber in it or mint. It's like the easiest thing to just shove some things in there. And then I feel like I'm at spa day all day at my desk and I drink that water like I'm so glamorous and cool. That is glamorous. So you could do that with your ice. Yeah. You could okay, use that idea. ice to make yourself feel more glamorous. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Or I'll make try ice it. cream with an old school ice cream maker. Every that sounds like work. Day. Work. Oh. Mm-mm. Okay. I this was is way think easier. Of icy things. Um, That's true. Oh, snow you, cones. Mm, you could fill up your baby pool outside and add that so your pool's even cooler in the summer. Oh, that's actually a yes. great idea. Because um, it's hot here. Yes. You could yeah, start- Blair's all about the ice. Oh, yeah. Like, she go. likes to kick it around, but then but there are crib. wet spots mm-hmm. all over the house. So You need a mm-hmm. snow cone machine. You can start icing that, and then you could put bourbon over that, like there a snow go. cone. Oh, my gosh. Y'all yes. Or you do your flavored water over the shaved ice. Oh. oh, this is amazing. <laughs> all right. I'm just going to bring all of my ice to the two of you. I okay. think it's I'll take a bucket. Every I single some. day. I need you to travel it over here every single yes. day. Um, is that all your stuff? That's a yes. lot. <laughs> I want to make sure, though. I didn't want to stop Wait, you. I, I feel like certainly there's something else. Caroline's Instagram, which I thought was hysterical. So you guys should follow Caroline on Instagram because she has a cute one. Don't follow me because I hardly post and then Taryn will block you. So, but Caroline's <laughs> Instagram, she got Thanks. these new um, cushions made for um, some chairs of ours. And are those the ones you're talking about? The mm-hmm. Jonas? Okay. Yeah, the ginger. With this beautiful Schumacher fabric and you took this picture of it and then someone kind of dissed like the arrangement of your furniture in the room. Like, this is not practical. I should be able to walk behind that chair. And I'm like, oh, just like it. Just say, oh, pretty. I thank you. Oh my gosh. I thought that I, was really funny. <laughs> of course I had to reply to her because I don't know why I needed to reply to her, but I just felt like I needed to explain myself but Look, we're just three that... normal people putting chairs in rooms. So don't be Lady, I have a lot of entertaining tabletop stuff. I've got extra plates. I've got bases. And I, I needed somewhere to, to put it. them. That's so funny. just because it's like, yes, it is behind some chairs. I do have to move the chairs when I access that drawer. But it's but rare. I only, but yeah. yeah, it's not like it's every day. And the chairs are really light. So it's really not that big of a deal. But uh, that's I I find that was basically funny. she accused me of posing, of mm-hmm. arranging my room mm-hmm. simply for a photo, mm-hmm. which I assure which you, I, I do not have not time for. I am above doing. Okay, look, I would do either. it if I could I figure out how to make the photo cuter, but I'm not even that good. I wish I was that good. To an extent, maybe. Like, mm-hmm. I would style stuff, yes, I mean, I'll certainly. move a flower arrangement over a little to the left, but... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, well, I'm glad anyway, you noticed that I because that was I, funny. I was like, oh, my God, Will, listen to this person's comment. <laughs> <laughs> See, if you stay private like me that you just mocked, these yeah. comments don't happen, except True. from Karen. <laughs> I still mock your Instagram. You like, do, as you should. That Nobody, kid again? It's not good. I'm telling you, I have no content. No. This you house have, is, th- you, you you have your child is extremely photogenic and... Yeah, but I mean, all of your photos are just a kid. It's not a so cute though. So that will lead straight into mine because it's true. (laughs) I've had only my kid and work recently and summer and home, you know. And then I don't even care about um, this this house anymore. (laughs) And so we've kind of given up on this house because we just, you know, we you've, are, you've got plans. Like, right. We're we're moving on to the next house and it's in probably happening this year. So it's so we have house plans, so it's really much like this house is kind of done other than us like trying to live in it for the next few months. So I don't have that many great like um design Delara like, you know. Then give us an update on the new house. That's what I want to hear. That's what the people want, Taryn. Well, I was going to say, I don't have anything but my kid um, to take photos of currently, but that I forgot my watercolors in Maine. I had brought them specifically to Maine because I thought I had two weeks to like relax and actually paint something for myself. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Hey, I always bring it hopefully. I know. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. So I tucked, I tucked them under the twin bed, you know, in the, you know, in the cabin or whatever. And I tuck them under and my mom has a you know, a beautiful skirt on the bed. So I didn't even, didn't even go back under there the whole time I was there. So I packed up, left Maine, didn't realize till I got home to work on something for someone. I had nothing. Uh, so all I have is my like travel packet of paints, which is fine, but they're not that great. So I haven't even been able to paint um, for a month now because I left my paints in Maine. So oh, my parents no. brought them back. But so hopefully Karen, I'll have something other than my child of interest <laughs> soon um that was my trial my triumph is that david every now and then he surprises me for my birthday he got me and it just came today so this was perfect but he got me a orange watering can and it's just like the old school watering can but he was saying he was like i kept seeing you keeping all these house plants alive and you keep using the blender full of water to water them (laughs) 
<laughs> and it's true. I use the blender because it's the biggest, like, oh, it's right there. So um, he, he paid <laughs> Oh, that's it. really sweet. So it was all the things, right? It was a bright knee or, you know, like covered something. And he was paying attention. So it was good, that's guys. That's really sweet. It was a cute little. So, of course, mine's not silver or galvanized. Mine's bright orange. So I, I, I thought y'all fun, would like that. I was actually thinking I need a fun watering can, but. I wasn't, yeah. which makes it even more fun because I was like, <laughs> I didn't have one. So if you see me outside my new beautiful home with this big orange watering can waving, <laughs> you'll know. Anyway, well, should we get to our guest? Okay, so our guests today are Julie Masuka Kleiner and Melissa Warner Rothblum of the interior design firm Masuka Warner, and they're based out of both LA and Seattle. Um, they're based it's out of both coast. Uh, yeah, know any <laughs> but did y'all y'all live together at one point in San Francisco? Y'all both lived there and worked together. Right. Yes, that's right. Yep, that's where we started our business actually, and we still to this day have a ton of clients there, and we love it very very special place. I think in both of our hearts, I speak for both of us. I couldn't agree with you more. No, our dream is when we can meet there um, for client meetings and go to all of our old favorite restaurants and enjoy all (laughs) of our San Francisco things. Your old haunts. Yeah, exactly. Well, your work has been featured in Lux Magazine, Better Homes and Gardens, House Beautiful, Coastal Living, Traditional Home, many more. And I always, well, you're known for using color and texture and I mean, that I was telling Melissa earlier that just your portfolio is so fun to look through. There's so much joy and so many unexpected details. And I just really had a lovely evening perusing it. Like one of the most favorite parts of the podcast is looking through the stuff before we talk to people. Oh, I bet. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. I always get so many good ideas. Well, I wanted to start with color because it just seems like that's a huge, you know, something you're known for and a huge thread throughout all of your work. And a lot of times it seems like you made a lot of unexpected color choices. So I wonder if you could just kind of tell us about color, why you love it and where you start when you're choosing colors. We can't get away from color. We love color so much. And I think our rule of thumb is using color in a way that's exciting and has personality, but isn't too in your face, that you can't live in the room day to day. We really, we love when rooms feel approachable. So oftentimes we'll use color on accent pieces. So on an accent chair or on pillows, we love using color in art. And then we'll do the bodies, the larger pieces, more neutral. And by neutral, and our version of neutral, I should say is often navy blue. You know, it's not right. Tan it's not person. tan. Uh-uh. Yeah, because I was going down that rabbit hole thinking, you know, I, I I see a lot of color, and then then I was trying to like kind of parse it, uh, take it apart, and figure out, oh, are they? Uh, they must just be doing neutral walls and colorful accent pieces, or maybe they're just doing color on the pillows. No, no, you're breaking <laughs> all the rules. You've got colorful walls. You've got teal sofas, hot pink sofas. <laughs> I mean, you are. Y'all, you take it and you splash it in one place, I feel like, and then the rest goes another way, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. We haven't, I think, like in houses and projects I'm thinking of where we've like lacquered a room in teal, peacock blue. Um, that's probably the only room in that house where the entire, every single surface from desktop to ceiling to walls to, to millwork is that bright of a color. But it's, it's not that every other room becomes, you know, beige or white or gray. Um, it's just that we kind of, I guess we kind of pick and choose. I don't, it, it's, it's like, a, it's second, I think color is second nature to us. So it doesn't mm-hmm. feel, it to us, we've always used color. Yeah, and it doesn't feel like we're as, trying to use the color. Yeah, it's just the language you speak, it sounds it's like. It's the language we speak and it's second nature. And I think the only, I would say the only rule for color is use colors you like. Like we have clients who apologize like, oh, wow, I only like shades of blue. That's fine. As long as you can really all use shades of blue in the house. And that's not 
always the case where someone only likes one color, but I don't think there's any rules for like what colors you can put together, what colors you can or can't use. It's really listen to your gut and like, what do you like? What color makes you happy when you see it all the time? Well, I think Caroline was saying like the thread of color in the very beginning. And that's literally something I jotted down color thread on my thing because I, like you said, you know, you, you lacquer one room and it's all blue. That doesn't mean the rest of the house is neutral, but it, it did feel like you would take that little bit of blue and you would thread it through. So maybe there was a bench mm-hmm. in the hall and a, a yeah. pattern on the rug and a fabric on the sofa or something so that it, it did have some sort of cohesion. It wasn't just sort of like some big coloring book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah. And I think that it's all about balance. So if you have a really bold room in the dining, for example, you don't want the entry that's attached to it to compete. And I think you never want to feel like it's too much of a good thing because if you have every room like that, then I think it takes away from the appeal of, of each space. I think it's important that they complement each other. Um, but yet they don't compete. Now, do your houses have these um, drama rooms or drama spaces or how does it work in your own homes? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's a bit more disjointed, I would say, because, um, well, I get sick of stuff. Like I'm sitting in this room right now. It's kind of our family room. It's also a guest room. It's become my home office for the past three months. And I couldn't decide. So I have bits of, it started with a window, a curtain fabric, which you can probably see in that mirror. It's like lime green and pink and melon orange. It's like old Florida grandmother something. There's pink pom-poms. And then I couldn't stop. The bathroom that's adjacent is like tangerine orange. So much so that the contractor when he was building our house was like, okay, I think there's a mistake here. I see like this cabinet color, but this, is this really the color you want? And I was like, yeah, then you paint the whole vanity that color. And he was like, oh, okay. (laughs) I think we, at least in my house, I just kind of go for, I mean, I have live with some people some boys here who don't love maybe color as much as I do. So, but if that's the case, then my next go-to is pattern. Like my dining room is a really bold wallpaper, but it's all black and white. Same with Melissa's maybe a little. I mean, I was going to say, yeah, same thing. I feel like excitement can come not just from color, but from contrast and from pattern. Mm -hmm. So yes, you know, I would do a whole house for myself in pink if I could, you know, I love, I love, uh, my husband <laughs> might not want to yeah. have some <laughs> So yeah, so a lot of pattern, a lot of contrast, and still a lot of fun. Are color. there colors that kind of like flow in and out of your wheel of like, or do you just like them all all the time? Are you in love with anything in particular at the moment? I, uh, I, I mean, I think we, I like, we like them all the time. I think when I look at our portfolio, like long before millennial pink or right. I'm trying to think what other color was sticking in another like super trendy color. Yeah. Salmon and mint. I think long before West Elm had that or Ballard had that or any, um, I don't know, before we saw it easily accessible, I think we were using it and it was like, Oh, this is kind of weird, but cool. Um, I don't know. We had a bit of, kind of a love affair with like hot coral. I feel like we were both using like very we love coral. I don't feel like I've used that in a while. I noticed that a lot of times you'll use complementary colors. And when I mean complementary, I mean complementary on the color wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, in other words, across from each other, if anyone doesn't, complementary with an E. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And I thought that was such an interesting strategy. And I was curious if you do that consciously or subconsciously. I think subconsciously. No. You do it. <laughs> yeah. No, Julie. I, I didn't. That. And if my aunt yeah. hears this, she's an art teacher and she's going to get very upset. Or some of my college professors are probably going to be very upset her, that I didn't pay attention her. to that like color theory class. Um, so no, I didn't do it intentionally. We, I, don't, I haven't done it intentionally either. I'd have to like, well, look it yeah. seems like if there was, you know, there's like a dining room, for example, and I want to say that it had blue walls and there was like an orange leather chair oh, or, yeah. you know, uh, just blue and orange together. Yeah. Pink mm-hmm. and, you know, green and that type of thing. Like, and at the very least there was a balance of warm and cool. And I think that's kind of like an easy way oh, for people to think yeah. about it, but yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah, I'm and, way too and, much yeah. into it. I don't know. <laughs> No, but sometimes I feel like we'll do a scheme and individually each pattern or fabric is pretty, but it's missing something. And then you add in that orange, you add in the pink and all of a sudden it's fun and exciting. So I think we just go with our guts to see what feels 
like the fabric scheme means. When you're building a space, because once the space is put in place, you understand, okay, there's a, there's a, a nugget of orange and then there's all this blue and then there's a nugget of yellow. But when you're building it from a board or your mind or your plan or whatever, is it hard to envision or how do you envision how the weight of one color balances with the weight of others? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do we know when enough is enough? Yeah. And that's always something, I mean, that's something that can be very hard to explain to a client, frankly, because the way fabric, the nature of fabric samples sometimes are is that a little piece depending on whose memo it is might be the sofa and so we i think we both always i know in our presentations we have similar presentation styles we'll say you know if we can get a bigger piece of something like if it's going to be a lacquered wall having a bigger piece to really help understand i think we just we inherently like can picture it for whatever reason in our little mind camera movie um, yeah. But I think for clients, we always try to like, I'm always folding a big sample that maybe looks scary, like the brighter thing. I'm like, oh, don't forget though. This is yeah. like, get the proportion, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, and this is a big thing. Like this is, you know, 12 chairs in your dining room, or this is a whole wall, or this is a big wall of drapes. So I don't know. It's. Yeah, it's just new and to visualize. It is. Well, because it is, and I think it can be scary for clients. Yeah, it is. Well, because it's not a cheap um, decision, right? And to trust you implicitly and be like, I'm writing the check. Don't screw it up, ladies. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's tough. Yeah. I always tell clients, and I found this true for myself too, take, if you're not sure about something, take a piece, even however small the swatch may be, if by all means, if it's like wall paint or something or exterior house color, don't cut corners or be in a rush and not do samples. That's a huge, huge mistake. I think that we always, we don't let clients do. Like if we're involved, we are having the painter brush out big samples. But if it's something like a sofa and you can't get 20 yards of the fabric, obviously to lay it out, take the swatch and stare at it. Cause I think that's what we often do. Like just leave it out, leave it when you're working. Like I've been doing this in my own house. Am I sick of that? Do I love that still? Does that make me happy? Like for a week or however long some people decide you know, quicker than others, but that can be, I think that just looking at it over and over again can kind of like some days I wake oh, yeah. up and I'm like, Ugh, I don't, I don't like that at all. Why would I put that as window treatments? <laughs> over it. Well, and, so, and sometimes the, the piece that looks scary at the beginning, sometimes there'll be a fabric that feels scary because it's full, but it's also exciting. I feel like oftentimes that ends up being the client's favorite yeah. thing in the house because it pushes them just a little bit from what they might've picked on their own. And I feel like that's part of why they hire us and part of our job is to show them what they show them what they tell us they want, but give them a little nudge um, and show them some things they might not know exist or they might not think to pair Exactly. Together. That's been talk- spoken to us before. You know, my job is to to lead you a little bit away or, or beyond, I guess, beyond mm-hmm. what you're comfortable with. You know, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's what you're comfortable with and what you're what's new to you. That's one scenario. And the other one is just don't, if you really don't like a color, okay. But we definitely always, when and it's pretty easy to tell, I feel like with clients, when someone's just like, Ooh, I like it, but, but, you know, is it going to make my house not be able to be sold down the road? Or is it X or am I going to have this forever? There's two different kind of things. And that's one of our job. That's part of a big part of our job is sussing out like what someone really likes and what speaks to them. And what may not be comfortable now, but that we know they're going to love. Yeah. Well, okay. So clearly if your client has hired you, you're going to help them take these risks. But what about for those of us who maybe are trying to do it in ourselves and we want to take the risk, but you know, we don't have you holding our hand. So is there any, is there anything that we can sort of do to, I guess, I don't know, hype ourselves up or, um, Buy what you love. Make it more comfortable. You will not ever regret it for a day. Art, sofas, you know, upholstery. Okay, a pillow, fine. If you you cannot love that in five years and it's not the end of the world. But other stuff, buy like really what you love. Not that you think feels safe and not what you see everywhere. If you're looking at that one pink swatch at Ballard and you think, oh, it's just so pretty. The other ones are great. The pale blue and the beige are really pretty. But like, oh, this pink one like gets me. Do that. Like mm-hmm. listen to your what your uh-huh. gut is telling you. Fall in love. Yeah, really fall in love. Measure twice and make sure not only it, it fits physically, like it fits through your door, but also that 
you know, the scale of each piece fits with another. So if you have a super back, you know, accent wing share that's maybe 45 inches high, you know, don't pair it with a super low, you know, mid-century low slung sofa that might be 30 inches. I think those little details really add to just the room feeling complete and like the pieces feel right together. So Mm -hmm. find what you love and measure a couple times. Be practical because you'll be out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) One thing I did notice is that I felt like almost in every dining room of your portfolio, it is a major wow moment. And to steal one of, we, we, just yeah. chatted with Jonathan Adler recently and he used the word swagger. Yeah. And I felt like a lot of your dining rooms had swagger. And I'm curious if that, like, why is that? Is that so we use it more? Is that because your clients love to entertain? Is it just I, a great statement moment? Yeah, I think both. Um, I mean, listen, a dining room has typically either a big round or a big long surface of a table. It's maybe, well, these days that may be different. It may be, may have become offices for people. (laughs) Typically it's not a room. So you're not waking up there every day. You might eat there every night, but it's maybe not for some people. A lot of people, maybe the way homes are built and designed these days, you may not be in that like a dining room every single day. You may have space in your kitchen or people eat in their family rooms and watch TV. (laughs) Um, And so it feels like a really great place to both, yes, draw someone in, I think a client said to us kind of recently, like when you walk in her dining rooms, right to the right, make me turn right, make me turn right. What can you do that makes me turn right and brings me down that hallway. Um, and for that one, oh, well, that was the Palm Chandelier. So that was the one that you guys yes. had uh, were asking yes. about. That was their specific request. They said, we have this long hallway. Architecturally, it's pretty. We have high ceilings. There's a really pretty view outside. So once you were in the dining room, you'd want to stay there. But she said, how do you get people there? How do you want to get people down there? And so oh. easy. You can put, every, you can have a fun statement fixture. You can do a fun something on the chairs. I think for us, a fixture, like doing something like a light fixture. Um, yeah. I mean, many reasons to do it because it draws your eye in. It's not something children can usually hurt. Like some yeah. of our, a lot of our clients have kids want to put a real splashy piece where maybe kids are going to, it's going to be ruined in five years. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I'm sorry, but that palm chandelier just totally made the space. And like, yes. I think that was one of the first um, piece or the first like spaces in your portfolio that I looked at and I was like, Oh, love it. Like <laughs> yeah. the chandelier. Sold me. <laughs> well, yeah. speaking of family friendly and, you know, kids destroying things, it seemed to me like you had a lot of surfaces and chairs and bar stools and banquettes and things mm-hmm. that you'd covered with pleather yeah. or leather mm-hmm. or vinyl or something. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Practicality with family. We always say we we want it to be beautiful and chic, but we don't want it to look so to feel so precious that you can't actually use it. So for high traffic spaces, spaces where the kids are going to be a lot, we love a leather or a faux leather if it looks like a real leather because it's just super wipeable. It's like the kids can spill their orange juice in the morning and the parents don't freak out. And I think that that just makes for Mm -hmm. good design and happy people. And even yeah. in dining rooms, like nice dining rooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like there was a yellow leather, mustardy. In oh, yeah. Mustardy. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's a faux leather. Yeah, and that gets high traffic. That house, funny enough, doesn't have – she does not have small children, but she has real messy friends oh. and tons of them. And they like to drink wine and coffee, and they stay there all day. They pile into that banquette. They stay there, <laughs> and we finally, finally, I think, recovered it after maybe 10 years because someone had, like, cut – the vinyl, it was vinyl. We ended up doing it in leather, but, um, yeah, we love a real colorful or white. It's also a place where we feel safe using, like we've put white banquettes into kitchens that otherwise have color, mm-hmm. but faux leather and leather both come in such vibrant shades. I think that's our go-to when someone says like banquette or dining chairs or kitchen upholstered kitchen chairs. I think we both kind of gravitate towards that. Yeah. Well, speaking of the mustard yellow, there was a kitchen that had, and I thought this was such a, like, fun choice it had mustard yellow leather stools yes and it you know if you kind of are looking at this shot at at the kitchen um it was a very unexpected choice because there wasn't necessarily any other mustard yellow yeah Yeah. Yeah. but i it really just made the room so how how did you land on mustard yellow leather 
stools? Um, I think in that, if it's the one I'm thinking of, project I'm thinking of, oftentimes we will start with a scrap of like someone's favorite fabric. Um, in that case, it was a window treatment fabric, which may not show up in that photo that had a really, it was a block printed fabric from Tulu, I think. And it has a really mustardy kind of ink, kind of almost like an ink, like a mustard splotch. And the client had never, her, her words, ever been a yellow person. And for whatever reason, this it's a really pretty wax leather. And it does. It's the color of like mustard you would put on your hot dog. <laughs> she was like, I don't know. I kind of love it. Like for an otherwise and it looks so great with that other fabric. I think oftentimes we both start with, and it's funny because sometimes that fabric may not even end up in that room, but a client or we will have just this one, we'll be hanging on to one sample of fabric and it's like kind of the impetus for maybe the color scheme. For or sure. Or a piece of art something. sometimes. There might be a piece of art in an adjacent mm-hmm. room that might have colors that we can pull out of for a more neutral space like a kitchen. One of the things I noticed on your um, site, you great portfolio, it's, you guys dive in and check it out. It's really inspirational, was that you show quite a few outdoor spaces. And many of the designers mm-hmm. that we work with really don't, you don't see a lot of that on their portfolio. And I wanted to find out a couple things. It might be one thing, but I'm going to ask it in a very extracted way, so it'll be confusing. No, I'm just kidding. Um, how does one connect outdoor with their indoor especially when it with regard to color i struggle with that personally because my the interior of my house is fairly neutral and a few little pops of color and i did the same outside and then like five years in i'm like this is the most boring outdoors i've ever seen you know outside's already full of color and it's green and it's blue and it's all this stuff and everything i had was like gray and white and Mm -hmm. like poke yourself in the eye boring so how do you how does one do that? You know, how and what what colors are you in love with right now for outside? Ooh, right now I'm in love with this. There's a periwinkle blue and kind of a lime green um, and yellow scheme that we're working on. It's for a really great outdoor space. It's adjacent, so there's a, a main house that we're working on. It's up in the San Juan Islands. So it's this weekend retreat, and there's tennis courts um, and a party barn. And so we kind of pulled, and this is a client who typically in her other house had said to us, only blue, only blue. She only likes blue. But we've had to pull in a few accents because we've exhausted blue fabrics the whole time <laughs> we've been working with her for the last five years. So we took a tennis ball, an actual tennis ball, and said, okay, like tennis ball green, a little bit hard to find in an outdoor fabric without getting completely custom and what looks good with it. And so it was kind of that, maybe it is that, opposite side of the color wheel thing that we didn't know we were doing, but it's like a periwinkle, really almost neon kind of blue periwinkle blue, and then kind of a yellow that also leans a little bit um, neon and, you know, set against greenery, whether it would be California greenery or Pacific Northwest where it's green and also a little bit gray. Um, it just really kind of stands out. And so I think we both like to, we both like to use whatever thread, feels good to us outside. I think we approach outdoor just like we do indoor, which is like, is hot pink fun outside? Yes. Does it have to match your house (laughs) though? Does it have to have the thread from the inside to the out or can it be its own moment? It depends where it is. I think overall, yeah, I think it depends where it is. And I think overall, the, the feeling should be the same. We actually, we had a client um, we did a FaceTime installation um, a few months ago at the beginning of when everyone was home and it was just for outdoor spaces. And so I wasn't there for the installation as I normally would be. And um, he had texted and said, this furniture looks so nice. Are you sure this is the right furniture for the outside? <laughs> and I said, yes, it's the right furniture. And that's, that's the point. It should feel, it should feel like the furniture inside your house it should feel like it's just as comfortable, just as loungy, just as approachable. And then I think, you know, in other ways, aside from comfort, you can take more risks sometimes mm-hmm. with color because everything around it pretty much supports any color. You're not really working with um, all the constraints you're working with inside the house. Nature's neutral. I like it. <laughs> yeah, and I, it's, yeah and I, it's just funny. This afternoon I was talking to a client and she said they're getting ready to do outside. And they were someone who we took from the whole house, I like to call it, it was all army khaki color. I was like, wow, this is like the color of Docker's pants, like your entire house, which is totally fine. And, and 80s man. That. That's what you did. You made your house an 80s man. 
It was. It was like pleat front dockers, and we we joked about it. And so they ultimately we haven't photographed it, so it's not on our website. But they got you know a pink family room sofa and a zebra patterned ottoman and like purple bar stools. Like it's this riot of really great color, tempered by charcoal gray because it's you know two boys, a husband and the wife. And the but the the husband was really into the pink sofa. He loves it. But she texted me and said, "Oh, I think we're just going to get you know outdoor stuff." And I said, "Okay, well, show me what you're looking at." And I was like, "Hey." Why are you going back to beige? Beige does not have any more place outdoors. If it does, if you like it, they've been so happy with the color indoors. And so I just quickly put some fabrics that I happened to have out for someone else. Just took a snapshot and just said, "This, these are all outdoors. These are like Kelly green, yellow, orange. Like you can have this outdoors." Right. Well, it seems to me like the outdoor, it would be even more the perfect place to use bright color because just like the dining room, you know, a lot of people will store them in the, in you know, under cushions or like they're store them during the winter months. You're not out there mm-hmm. all of the time. And so you're not as likely to get used, you know, sick of it, tired of it. Tired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it seems like the perfect place to mm-hmm. really, plus when you're outside, it's leisure time, okay. it's, it's not as businessy as maybe you're your kitchen or right. your home office. You're or- supposed to feel lighthearted. Yeah. Totally. Right. Yeah. I, y'all, I struggled. <laughs> it was so hard for me. I don't know why. I don't know why I had such a mental sort of block about it, you know, just sort of letting go and embracing color. I finally did a, a very bright, oh, it's from Ballard, like Bermuda blue and white oh, canopy yeah. stripe. And I have a pool. So in my mind, I was like, oh, it'll tie back to the color of the pool and Mm -hmm. the color of the sky. And I love it. I love it. It's like a little resort. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was barely even a stretch. You know what I mean? But in in our minds, I think we get so stuck going, Mm -hmm. oh, this is crazy. You know, and then you get it out there Mm -hmm. or in your house. You're like, oh, yeah, of course. This is great. It makes me feel good. Like you said, if it makes you feel good, go for it. I wonder if people are starting to sort of have the designer's dilemma where I feel like for a lot of creative people, and I'm including you, Karen, this is what made me think about it. If you are someone that's seeing, you know, lots of different things all the time, like lots of fabric samples, and you're always looking at magazines, and you're just like bombarded with old stuff and options, that it makes it less likely for you to be able to commit because there's always something new right there. And I think maybe with like these the Pinterest and Instagram and social media, it, mm-hmm. it's probably maybe harder for people to feel out what they're really going to love for a long time because they always have that Instagram scroll yes. on their phone ready to find something new. I think we, we haven't really touched a lot on pattern. We've mentioned it a little bit, but y'all mix pattern like crazy. There's a lot of variety. And I was wondering where you start with mixing pattern. And if you have any sort of, um, you know, guidelines that you like to follow for pairing things together. I think, I mean, I think our rule of thumb is that there's no such thing as too much pattern in this space. I think a space can accommodate as much pattern as you want it to have. What we try to do is to vary up the scale. So if every piece of furniture has a very large floral, Obviously, those would start competing with each other. But if you start mixing, you know, a smaller ticking stripe with a larger floral and start changing up the shape and scale of the pattern, they actually work together really harmoniously. Mm-hmm. And we have rooms that we've done where literally every single thing is patterned down to the carpet and the walls, but some are teeny tiny patterns and they just actually really give texture. Mm-hmm. And then other things are more in your face pattern, which add the fun and personality. So how, how many bold patterns can you have? Is it, can you have more if you have a bigger space? Can you have? Not even necessarily. I don't even know if it's size dependent so much as it is the details of what you're putting it on. So if you have, let's say even in a dining room where you have six chairs, uh, four of those chairs could be one style. Let's say they go on the sides of the table. Two more could be head kind of head chairs. Even, you know, even you can mix chairs at a round table. Um, so right there, if, if you don't mind, if all your chairs aren't the same, it's fun to like mix in there and then the rug. And I mean, enough, even in a, like a smaller living room or something, it just depends what surfaces I guess you have to treat. So do you have wallpaper? Do you have something on the floor? Do you have window treatment? Pillows are always a fun way to add pattern. And then little things like 
a stool or, you know, we like to fabric wrap tables and have them lacquered in a fabric as kind of a console table. So I don't even know if it's the size of the space. I think it's kind of think about, okay, I have this many pieces that I'm, that are fabric or have a surface that can have some sort of covering on it. Um, and then you, it's a kind of like with the color, I think we tend to just throw everything down on the floor and just start kind of mixing it around and seeing, yeah. and, and maybe throw the bold pattern first. I agree. Do the bold pattern first. And I think if you have, you know, if you picture a room that has one really bold pattern and everything else is solid, the bold pattern feels really lonely. It really needs other patterns to mm. support it and to make it feel purposeful. And I think a lot of times little details can tone down a pattern. So if you have a pattern dining chair, for example, you know, doing a contrast welt is great because it, it might pull one color out of the pattern that helps you tie yeah. it into something else, but it helps just that tiny little hit of another color actually helps tone down the pattern, even though you're adding something else in. Huh. I've never so thought little- about it that way. I mean, because you see contrast welts all the time, but you're right. It can sort of break it up in a way that yeah, makes it more. Gives your eye an ending point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk, let's go back to that palm chandelier because I feel like it was such a focal point and I just kind of wanted to talk about focal points in general because I maybe that's, I feel like that's not something that really people might know that they need to do. And I was curious when you need to create one and how you can create a focal point when from scratch. I mean, I think there's opportunities that are less even permanent or maybe not as there's easier ways to even have focal points. Like I was just thinking, you know, let's say you have a kind of a basic lamp, like whether it's a cream colored ceramic lamp or something, you can even put a pattern on the shade. And when you put a pair of those on a console table and then you have a great mirror there, that can be like your focal point for the room. Um, A light fixture is a great way to have a focal point. Ottomans are a really great way to have a focal point, whether it's an unusual shape or whether you use some really crazy, like with the Ballard, you know, with the COM with Ballard, you could pick like a crazy fabric or a person's bench at the foot of the bed could kind of be a focal point. So it could be very big and statementy like a chandelier, or it could be something like a bench at the foot of the bed is often like a focal point for us in bedrooms, just because do we want like a big pattern all over the bed bedding? Usually not. We, it's not something we usually do. But like the bench, yes. Shams on the bed, absolutely. I have noticed your key bed making is two shams and a bolster, right? I've broken the, the, yeah. the, the like the that secret, right? The code. The code. Yeah, that is a code. We love that. I know I feel like we always like starting and stopping points for the eye. So versus having pair versus pair versus pair, you know, having the pair of shams and the single bolster, and then something at the foot of the bed. It's just a formula that we can spice up differently for each Smart. client, but it always works. I I I need to I need to go back in and examine mm-hmm. your beds because I do actually struggle with making bedding yeah, choices. Yeah, I'm, I'm overboard. Like I've got no. so many pillows, you can't literally. There's six inches at the end of the bed. I can't even get a duvet on the end of that bed. I'm yeah. like, you know what? Maybe I should pair that back a little. You think? <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't even get in the bed. All those <laughs> oh, no. Okay, tear it back a little bit. The other thing I think I cracked is that you love a pair of lamps. Come on, you guys. Right? We do. We do. And you're cracked. We love a pair of lamps. Us, we love a pair of lamps. <laughs> right? You're teaching us so much about our work. Yeah. Like, I didn't even know we had a bed formula, but we do love pairs of lamps. And we do, yeah, pair yeah, of lamps on a console with a mirror art and bench or benches below. That's definitely in like every 99% mm-hmm. of all of our yeah. projects. The symmetry, the balance. Well, Caroline said a long time ago on the podcast, when you're buying a lamp, if you can, buy two. If there are two of them, go ahead and buy two. Yes. If you're not going to use them together, that's okay. Yeah. Put them in two different rooms. At some point, you can use them together and you're going to have this great pair. Just always get two if you can. Yeah. Well, you might not be able to get it again. Yeah, exactly. I have this one lamp that I bought at a vintage shop and I have actually looked on first dibs uh, to try to sad. find the darn lamp. And it's like yeah. outrageously expensive to buy buy the pair for this this one that I have but you know 
there are some times where you have to have a pair. And so if you right. don't have that, that pair, you're going to be really frustrated. <laughs> Yeah, I, have my those, I have a couple of those vintage lamps. They're still like, they have a home, but I look at them and I think, oh, I wish I had the other one. Like I really do have the other because nice. I could use them in different places. And, and I like it to really makes around, sort of this but... grounding statement on a console for some reason. But mm-hmm. Differently, I guess. Well, I when I, I'm graphic design is my background. And, I, and one of the things I learned early on or was taught early on is that symmetry is more formal. If you're trying to do a design that's, you want someone to perceive as a formal design uh, when you're you know doing something on paper you make it symmetrical um and then asymmetrical if it's more you know lighthearted and loose and i think it it sort of um evolves in a room as well that way if you want something to feel a little more formal you make it symmetrical um but i think when you've got like two lamps that are symmetrical like that you can do something a little looser behind it and they hold it together somehow and I'm making mm-hmm. that yeah, yeah. <laughs> Almost like a little frame. It, it, it definitely fills the space a little bit, no matter if it's like an entry wall or like a boring hallway on the way to somewhere. I mean, it, it, a bedroom. Like we've, I think we've used consoles in just about every room. A dining room, of course. Like a dining room is a no-brainer for and them. And not just little but, candlestick um, yeah. lamps, like some big, substantial. No, like some, some color. We we do love, yeah, we love colorful lamps. It's kind of our. Or go to, I think, striped lamps, shades, patterned lamps, shades with yeah. ornament, or really I, I mean, yep. y'all got the lamp game. Um, yes. <laughs> thank <laughs> you, thank yeah. you. Well, is there anything else that we need to talk about? Okay, here. Well, here's one more thing. There was one house where, um, and I feel like so many people have written in with this problem, but there was one house and I think it was, it was kind of a rustic house and it was a living room that was double height. There was a big stone fireplace that was, looked probably 20, 30, maybe more feet high. And, um, I was really interested in the way that you dress the windows because it had that, you know, issue that people have where there's a, a set of windows way up high that are pretty, but like right. how, what do you put on there? How do you, you know, so I want I wonder if you could kind of describe for us how to treat a double height room in those big spaces up there. Like, what do you do? Should you do anything? Well, well, I think oftentimes for those double height rooms, a lot of clients don't actually need the top, the super tall window covered because they don't need the privacy up there and it might not be a light issue. So oftentimes if there's enough room in between the two windows, we'll actually just treat the lower window with drapes. Um, mm-hmm. if, if they do need privacy on the higher window, what we might do is even put a stationary, like a pretty woven shade in there. Well, because I, I think sometimes you see those, you know, rooms where there's like a really, really, really tall drape and it's just awkwardly tall. It never yes. seems to work. And so it seemed to me like, yeah, it's awkward. Mm-hmm. And I think the way that y'all did it where you you didn't even really address them, it, it, you would kind of think if maybe you were not looking at the space that it wouldn't work, but it just, it actually works really well. So I thought that was kind of a good lesson for people maybe that have that problem. Yeah. You know, don't over-engineer totally. it. Let it just be. Don't over-engineer it. There's usually a break point. There's usually a pretty natural, like, transom or something where you can mount a straight curtain rod without having to get like a custom curved rod or something or make drapes that are, you know, yeah. 30 feet Speaking tall. It's just drapery. I want to ask Melissa. All right. So Melissa, what's up with the drapery behind you? So it looks to me, I have to describe Ooh. it to the listener that you have a niche behind you that True. maybe is like a console and there's some books on it. And does the drapery close over that or is the drapery for a window on the other side? So the drapery, well, it's funny on this console, I have a single vintage lamp and I wish I had the other. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is, this is the, the, the window behind my desk mm-hmm. and these are actually just stationary panels. So the other one is right there Okay. on that side. So there we go. Stationary. Um, and we just did it to dress the window. They were actually leftover window treatments from a showcase house we did that we needed a spot for that so just fit here perfectly. Um, yeah. But even if they weren't, yeah, we would have just done them stationary because we don't really need the protection. We just wanted a, a little fancy in the office. Something, yeah, yeah something pretty. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like the tape. I like the there's way that horizontal there's tape, tape trim. trim. Yeah. It looks yes. about. So we 
we love we like each other. Detail. We feel like this is a tape trim. It's actually a leather woven trim. Um, and we love using tape. I mean, it's funny. I'm looking over there. Like it's vertical on, there's tape that's vertical on our conference chairs over there. So we love them going up the back of the chair. We love them on the thickness of an ottoman. We like them on the lead edges of drapes, horizontal on drapes. We feel like you can take a plain fabric and just dress it up hugely. Um, so are you guys trim. are you guys yeah. sending that off to a workroom or are you ever in a project like with a glue gun trimming something up? <laughs> Workrooms are our friends. <laughs> okay. Nobody wants that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Leave it to the experts, sure, it seems like. Sure. <laughs> I mean, by all means, if someone is talented at that, I, we, are, we no, are not. I well, not. I will speak for Melissa. I am not. We are, so not. We are not. I feel like I had much so. more. I imagine mm -hmm. install day. Oh, oh, you go. I was going to say, I imagine install day is plenty busy without you getting out your glue exactly. gun. So we've got our little, we've got our matching hand packs. We just need our pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a so. steamer. I can steam <laughs> yeah. things in a pinch. Yeah. yeah. There you go. can do that. A client asked one time, I think I forget what she was at. She said, now, do you, you make uh, the pillows? I was like, oh my, oh my God, no. No. no you don't want to yeah. see the pillow I would make. <laughs> right. <laughs> Unless you want me to make it with a stapler and masking tape, you do not want me to sew a pillow for you. I definitely stapled my hem up on my uniform skirt in high school. I, I know I did that. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> but I will say, as I've gotten older, my appetite for my personal appetite for doing things myself has waned. When I was younger, I was much more adventurous when it came to making my own rum and shade or skirting yeah. a sink oh or, you know, all that stuff. And now I'm just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> but don't you think that's a function of budget, Karen? Maybe. Sure. I mean, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, but like you are skilled. Like if you can actually sew a rum and shade, I right. just cannot. Like, it no, I couldn't. It. I use like I, the stuff that you uh, oh, iron like, on. Yeah. Oh, iron on tape. <laughs> I love yes. it. Stitch witchery. Awesome. I was innovative, ladies. I did make my own prom dress. No. With, oh not, with a sewing machine. That's impressive. That's, That's impressive. Very, yeah, I didn't know that, but I am. Um, mm. Wow. Y'all haven't seen it, so don't be too afraid. <laughs> True. <laughs> well, should we answer someone's decorating dilemma? Sure. Sure. We have a question from Myrna, and she says, Hi, ladies. My kitchen breakfast nook is large and spacious and has quite the view to the backyard. I recently ordered the Dana chairs from Ballard to use with, existing, with my existing table and rug. I love it all. I'm just not sure it fits, and a new table is not in the budget. Please help. I love blue and white. My walls are creamy white, and they were recently painted. Please help. Unsure, I'm unsure if I like organic or tailored lines, and I'm not sure if I want pattern or solid color. It'd be great if one of your design podcast guests could help me. Love. Thanks, Mira. All right. I'm going to describe her room a little bit. So um, it it's a dining area. It looks like sort of a, um, you know, like a breakfast nook off of a kitchen, an open kitchen dining plan. So there's an L-shaped kitchen with an island in the center. And then off to the side of that is an area that is on all three, looks like all three sides of that has windows, a rectangular area, windows and or doors. And then there's a rectangular table that's wood, sort of um farmhousey style, I'd say. Um, and then she has six white Chippendale style Dana chairs, which are our chairs from Ballard. The two at the ends have arms and the four in the middle are armless. And then she's got a blue and white striped rug under all of that and a pendant um, over the table. And that looks like it has a matching um, longer pendant over the kitchen island. So do you guys think her table fits in there oh julie and i we had the same instinct when we first saw this which was that the table and the chairs totally fit the room fit mm -hmm. the feel of the room we think what would be nice to tweak in here is the size of the rug the size of the rug seems to be suited towards a smaller table mm -hmm. um, and our rule of thumb is you always want to be able to pull your chairs out from your dining table and not feel like you're falling off the rug because that height difference can just can be annoying so julie and i both felt like the table, the chairs, the pendant were all great. She did a great job at tying in the blue and the white. You know, we obviously love the little tape detail on the Roman shade that she did. But if the rug would be beefed up, 
then the furniture would suit the rug, which would then suit the room. So the mm-hmm. rug to us was something that might be nice to tweak in here to bring it all together. So it's yeah. throwing it off. Yeah. Stripes the are pretty, thing, though. The stripes were pretty. That seemed the to stripes are pretty. Yeah, yeah, the rug is good. The Roman shades look great yeah. with it with a little tape trim. Here's what I noticed Myrna's doing that I think Myrna could improve on. So Myrna has taken these chairs that have a cushion already and she's put another cushion on top. She's tied a cushion on top of these chairs. That's So the, the one that comes with the chair is off-white or, you know, sort of a tan and she's put a navy blue cushion on top. And Myrna, I got to tell you, girl, these chairs are designed, literally designed for you to unscrew that seat and cover that seat in any fabric you want. It's called a slip yeah. seat. So I think you're worried that you're going to stain these cream seats and these chairs. So you've added these navy cushions, and I think you also like navy. But it's easy, super easy to just unscrew those cushions from the chairs, cover them in a navy blue fabric, mm-hmm. and then screw them back in. It's so, Even me in my old age would do this <laughs> DIY project. Yeah, slip seat seems like something she could do relatively easy. And maybe, I like the, well, I like the navy. It might be fun to do, like, there's so many great, you know, performance or outdoor fabrics. Maybe even, like, a navy and white or something. Just something mm-hmm. she can wipe, you could wipe easily. Yeah. Um, or that would get stained if, like, red wine or ketchup or spaghetti sauce dripped on it. But just, to, again, just because there's a lot of solids, like a dark solid table really pretty crisp kind of white chairs. It might be nice to have just a little texture, blue and white texture or something on those seats if she did recover them. Yeah, the yeah. pattern would be nice. Yeah, it definitely there feel is like no she other pattern. pattern. Mm-hmm. Especially if she's going to need to get a new rug, but probably order swatches so that her chair fabric and her, her new rug, whatever she gets, coordinate. Yeah. Big picture, like look at it all together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Plus it's so easy to change that fabric on your chairs. You could change it twice a year you know <laughs> you can have, you can have like a wintery one and a summer one why not yeah that's true <laughs> so okay if she, so if she does did you say this already if she does do sort of a large um patterned rug like she has here but a larger mm-hmm. size should yep. she do what kind of scales should she look for on the chair fabric I think given the size of that seat and just the openness of those chairs, I would do a smaller pattern. Do you think, okay. Melissa? I think like a smaller okay. pattern, a diamond texture. Read your mind. Yeah, read exactly. your mind. Like quarter yeah, size when you say yeah. small? Yeah, quarter is like the size of a quarter, golf, less than a golf ball maybe, something okay. golf size or yeah. less. And it, but by pattern, it doesn't even have to be like a floral or a stripe. It wouldn't do a stripe. The rug is striped, but um, like a texture, like a woven texture, like mm-hmm. a diamond yeah. or a zigzag or something like that. That's textured. Yeah. Be really pretty. Pretty mm-hmm. basket weave, a herringbone. Herringbone. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Go, going small on the chair, I think, makes sense because if you get a pattern that's too big, you'll have it like half cut off on one side. It's nice. Yes. On a chair, when you can actually see the pattern and enjoy the pattern. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a good, great, good tip. I am struggling with how big that light fixture is over her island and how little the pendant looks over her table. And I really wish she could swap them. Is this a terrible plan? Move the island light with a table light? Yeah. Like I, you know what? I hadn't fully scrolled down, so I didn't even see that before. But okay. I'm, I'm totally with you. I feel like they should be swapped. I think that's a great idea. And that way she doesn't even have to, you know, buy something different. It's just, you know, move them around. Yeah, exactly. I think the scales would be, feel way more appropriate. Even if she did, if the, if the pendant over the dining table, even if she did two of those, if she purchased another one and did two right. over the island, mm-hmm. I think it would still be a more appropriate scale than having the one big pendant over the island yeah i think they're ballard fixtures and i think we still carry them so she could get another one mm-hmm. yeah. but, uh, or maybe it just literally stick. looks like it's almost the size of the island so i think it might be too big for the island yeah yeah two could be nice there two mm-hmm. smaller ones yeah. in the- yes the put two small ones over the island and the big one over the dining table mm-hmm. yes no that's Easy. a good call Good call, Yay, Caroline. Yeah, I contributed. Yeah, good idea, Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> Always. <laughs> Always. 
All right, ladies, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. I love it. This was fun. Was. Thank I you. Thanks for having us. We love that. It was nice to have a little so West Coast flair. We yeah. never have uh, West, well, not never, but we rarely have West Coast guests. So it's great. Oh, yeah. It's oh fun. Yeah. Yay. We need, we need to, we need to come out West and, and visit. Please. We, we were, yes. we were going to come out to Legends yeah. of Los Anaga this year, but oh. yeah. we were so sad. Mm-hmm. We love Legends. Yeah, so maybe next year. Yeah, Yeah. hopefully next Next year year. we'll be out there. Yeah, yeah. Tell us if you come. We will, for sure. Yeah, we will be there. Well, can you tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, see your work, all that good stuff? You can follow us at Masuka Warner on Instagram. And our website is the same. It's really easy. Masuka Warner. It's M-A-S-S-U-C-C-O-W-A-R-N-E-R. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And um, that is our show. If you could, if everyone could leave us a review in their podcast app, that would be great. We'd love to read it and send your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. And don't forget to check out the show notes. We'll link to the various things we talked about. We talked about the Dana chairs and our COM program. We'll link to Masuka or um, Melissa and Julie's masukawarner.com and share their portfolio with y'all. And um, until next time, happy decorating. decorating.